This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. You need to take the time and get the full picture. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. Goodness sake, kid. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not America's This is the Annie Fry Show. Well, we're having trouble with getting record back on, so uh, we'll we'll look at this for a second here. But uh, in oh, the... I'm sorry. There okay, we go. I think we got it now. I apologize. I clicked mute here. <sighs> I'm just going to go in full disclosure of what happened. No, that's good I, to I know recorded something. Dur- yeah, had a hard I was time. talking. I know, you I saw me probably talking in the video. <laughs> I know. I did a whole setup. Oh, I tried to set up something during the break, and I had to mute myself to do that so you wouldn't hear it. And now it completely ruined the bit. Now I mess that up i apologize well, we can just play the open but, again and come back in and then you can go okay start now now yeah in three two one no let's not do that uh so <laughs> well it's not gonna be as good now i still thought i would okay let's just pretend i was giving you the spiel that my wife and kids they went down to my wife took the kids down to her parents house in ohio so they're uh, spending some time there mostly because i'm doing a lot of fill-in work this week and now I have the house to myself tonight. So you know what that means? No. It means I spent time. I had to mute the mic so I could record this song. I couldn't do both at the same time. And that's why I was in here and was not present at the start of the hour. So you're do you know this song? A, a frat party? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm going to eat pizza in my underwear with no one judging me. Oh, okay. Especially what that means. But, uh... The bit wasn't worth the dead air. I'm sorry. And I saw, I'm watching the video feed and I see that someone runs into the studio frantically like, oh no. And Leah, poor, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this for Brad. I'm not used to running the board. I'm sure she thought it was his, your fault, right, Leah? And it absolutely was not your fault. So my bad No, there. Sorry I knew it that. wasn't my fault because I'm like, everything's on. Like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Ah. <sighs> 
I know. Well, I apologize for that. It was the bit was not worth the payoff. I mean, at it was all. pretty great. I mean, it was, you played Louis Louis. You know, you're gonna eat pizza tonight. Everybody knows it now. It's everybody's everybody's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's uh, move on. <laughs> This is like going into a holiday weekend for you. So you're off until the new year. Is that I right, am, Ryan? Yeah. Hey, and the other nice thing is that you know that we are live. <laughs> because oh, sure. we would not have allowed that to happen if we were not here with you right now. You're driving around in your car. You know that we are working too. Um, yeah, but I'm off tomorrow through Tuesday. I think the whole show will be back together. I think Brad comes back maybe Tuesday of next week. Annie comes back Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, so we'll, uh-huh. it, it'll be like, as the week goes on next week, we'll all be returning in phases. Yeah, I have to check my schedule. So I was asked to also fill in next Tuesday and Wednesday, the 2nd and 3rd. So maybe Annie's back on Thursday the 4th? Does that sound right? That sounds right. And I'll, I'll see you on Wednesday then. Oh, cool. That would be there. good. Yeah. So it, Tuesday will be another lonely day. No uh, Ryan Wiggins tomorrow. No Ryan Wiggins on Tuesday. Aww. No, no X's and O's uh, tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow's going to be a strange Friday. I know. It's going to be real strange if I don't unmute my microphone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a rough show. Oh my gosh. Real strange. Don't do that to uh, me. Know, I, I brought this up with Hans earlier from the Heritage Foundation and the idea that uh, the president's inquiry is going forward. We're also looking into Hunter Biden, how the two may have worked together. Is it possible that Joe Biden obstructed justice to find his son's subpoena? I think that's a very realistic question. Uh, how much of a factor you think this is going to play next year through the election cycle, because here's what I'm afraid happens. I'm afraid that Republicans um, are going to delay this because they think it'll be important to delay it strategically, as opposed to them getting it out as fast as they can. I don't want them to be dumb about this. Or do you think there's going to be a lot of urgency to start this right off the bat and try to get a lot of this inquiry and investigation out of the way right away? Uh, I I think the whole goal is to keep Trump from being able to move forward at all. I mean, they're, they're going to throw everything possible in his path to becoming president. And so I don't think that they're there. I, I know that throughout 2023, we talked a lot about them doing 3d chess and, Oh, they're going to do this because they want to lift him up during the primary because they think he's the weakest candidate. I don't think any of that's true. I think this is just people who salivate with hatred for that man. And they believe that he is the second coming of Hitler and they want to stop him. And anything they do is justified because he's that evil. Right. So that's the game I think uh, Democrats are playing. But on the Republican side, I'm talking about the committees that oh, are I'm investigating sorry. Hunter okay. Biden and uh, Joe Biden. So I brought this up with Hans von Spakovsky. Come, it was a first hour, I believe, at the Heritage Foundation. And the House GOP demands the White House provide documents on Hunter Biden. They're not really forthcoming on that. So far, we know there's a couple of different email addresses that Joe Biden was using to communicate. And we've only seen 14 pages of the 82,000 pages that are known. So there's a lot of information in those fake emails. What were they discussing through those fake emails? And it's such a weird thing to think the president was using fake emails. Imagine if that was Donald Trump doing that, just how insane the left would be going. They would have impeached him even when he wasn't president. They would have tried to impeach him right now if they could. But now they're you know doing this through other means. Um, I, I find that a lot of times you find Democrats come out and people in the news that don't declare themselves as Democrats, they want to declare themselves as independents, they say that there's just not enough evidence. Little is known, not enough evidence. I think not only is there enough evidence, maybe not to put to trial, but enough evidence to justify continuing this investigation, that if you were to get all the information, there would be more than enough evidence for something. 
look, the the evidence that we know about is is plenty. I mean, they didn't even have to do this inquiry. The Republicans did not have to do this. And there was still plenty of evidence from people like Tony Bobolinsky, which came out pre-2020 election, uh, the laptop, which came out pre-2020 election. I mean, this stuff is is so available to the public that I think the only reason they think they can get away with the no evidence talking point is that they haven't Republicans haven't been able to do anything with that evidence because they have literally controlled no levers of power until after the midterms in 2022. So mm-hmm. they, they'll just say, well, look, this has been going on for a long time. This means nothing. If if it had, uh, you would have heard about it quickly because it was so illegal that something would have had to have been done, but it hasn't. Well, it's because they've controlled the Senate. They've controlled the House. They control the White House. They control the Department of, of, of Justice. They control the FBI. So nothing's happened because they have stymied all of it across the board. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring up uh, an argument that I think is related to this. And I don't know if you saw the survey that breaks down different newsrooms and the journalists that identify as either Democrat, Republican or independent. Do you want to guess how many journalists identify as Republican today? Percentage wise, how many identify as Republican? Based on stats I saw after the 2020 or 2016 election, I'm going to say it's like Less than 10%. 3.4%. 3.4. Okay. That's even lower than you thought it would be. Yeah, because I knew it was not. I I thought it was single digits. I didn't know it would be three. Right. So if you go back 20 years to 2002, it was 18%. Uh, If you go back to 1971, it's 25%. The closest it was 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 basically 1971. Democrat, 35%. Then Republican, 25%. So there's about a 10% difference. That's about as even as it got. Today, it's Democrat 36%, Republican 3.4%, and then Independent 51%. And then uh, the last one was Other. So I don't know. What does that mean? Marxist or communist? Forward party. 8.5%. So- does it uh, number one? It doesn't surprise me, but I do think that plays a factor when it comes to coverage of these different stories. I feel like, um, in having experience in a newsroom, you understand that there's certain stories that they decide not to report on, certain stories they do decide to report on. It, it, this is where I find it. I find that the party affiliation is normally used as a way to try to attack a Republican, but they'll never identify a party affiliation if it's used or could be used to attack a Democrat. And you see this very commonly in judges. How many times have you seen a Supreme Court ruling? They'll say those conservative justices, but they'll never once mention a liberal justice or they'll never use the term liberal in front of a Supreme Court justice. They'll say that same thing when it comes to mayors or prosecutors. They won't identify them with their political party unless they're a Republican. And they use that as part of the story to try to say, well, obviously he's a Republican, so he's going to be, you know, you, you know how they are. So they use it as a way to imply certain things. But what I also find is that you get younger people in a newsroom or younger people working anywhere and they have a certain expectation that they got from the university or whatever it is they have a very left leaning coming out of a university they may have the pedigree they may have the you know the 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 good grades they may have the extracurriculars or whatever it is but they don't have the real world experience so they don't really have the experience on how to be fair either and they go in there and they are blatantly left leaning and they just think of that as normal. They don't look at that as biased. Um, 
You know what I'm, do you remember Bill Maher said this once about his writing staff? Bill Maher has been on television for a long time. And he said, when I first started television, my writing staff was half and half, Democrat, Republican. He says, I can't even find a Republican that's on a uh, staff anymore as a writer because they're all left-leaning. And it's there's no such thing as a balance anymore in television. And I think that's just kind of the product of what's being pumped out on universities and what we're putting into the job force. I, I I'm actually surprised to hear Bill Maher say that he ever had any Republicans on his staff. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that he at least thought he did, but that's Mm -hmm. been the case for a long time. I mean, you mentioned the stats from 1971. This isn't new. Uh, It's gotten worse, but it's still not new. I I was a journalism student myself. I was in uh, some newsrooms and stuff in college at some college papers and outlets like that. And uh, I was, you know, in that world. And I can tell you right now that, you know, me being Republican, I was able to get away with it. I, I kid you not, because I've never I've never been liberal in my life. <laughs> I've, mm-hmm. I'm not somebody who later realized, oh, you know what? I voted for Obama in 08, and then I didn't like his power. Like, I never, ever <laughs> was liberal. I've always been conservative, and I've always been interested in politics. I didn't always know exactly what was going on, but I've been interested. So when I was in college, I was openly conservative. And I was maybe the only one that I knew of. And I, I'll tell you this. If I talked about God at all, there would be people who would come to me privately and say, hey, you know, I kind of agreed with what you were talking about there in classes and whatever. But they would never say anything publicly because oh, – wow. and this is like 2002. You know, the, it's gotten way worse <laughs> since then. They would, they would – and I watched them. I would be so disappointed that nobody else would speak up on issues. And I would talk about conservative issues. I'd talk about Christian issues because both of them, especially the Christian issues, were near and dear to my heart. And it really disappointed me how many people would come to me privately – and say, hey, you know, I really like what you said, especially about God. That really opened people up much more than the politics stuff did. Um, And that's great because I was much more interested in having those conversations anyway. But they would never say anything publicly. And again, this is 2002. I think, Record, the only reason that I was able to kind of get away with being this, I don't know, conservative voice within the academia at that time Mm -hmm. is because I was funny enough. Like I could kind of, <laughs> you you had persona. Yeah, I could yeah, kind like, of like joke charisma. with people, and hey, if we disagree, I can still be friends with you, which was is still true today. But I think a lot of people who maybe weren't able to do that and get that wheel turning, they were f- afraid of what would happen to them because they knew they would be ostracized. Wow. Yeah, I remember when I was in college. I've always really been conservative. When I was in college one time, I had Sean Hannity's book. It was Deliver Us From Evil, came out like 2003 or something like that. And this is when I first started working for radio. And I was doing college radio, but I was also working on the weekends to get experience. And it was a news talk station that needed overnight people to basically monitor the radio stations to make sure they didn't go off the air. And they brought Sean Hannity in for the tour, like he was doing this book tour. And this is when he was still very new, just basically new to syndication on radio. And so it was a pretty big deal, you know, uh, Sean Hannity coming around, uh, you know, one of the top authors in the country because of this. And he came into the radio station. I got to meet him, take a picture with him. So I bought his book and I wanted to read it. And I remember having the book on my college campus and so many people came up to me. They're like, oh, you're reading that because you just want to get 
you know, ammunition against the enemy. You know, they basically they thought you're using it as a way to try to find flaws in conservative thinking. And I said, no, I'm actually really enjoying it. And they, they were almost like perplexed. How in the world can you bring this book out there and take it seriously from a conservative guy like a Sean Hannity, for example? And it was kind of like that. And I'll tell you what I didn't also recognize. There was a lot of super liberal professors I had at school. I was completely oblivious to it until after the fact that I realized that there was a lot of discrimination going on and they were really grooming people to be super liberal. And I just didn't recognize it at the time, mostly because I was naive to all of it. But now I completely can recognize it. Yeah, I, I had I heard somebody within the last couple of days on, you know, a conservative outlet somewhere. I can't remember exactly saying, you know, I just lament the loss of journalism. Remember when journalism used to be a profession where you didn't know what the affiliation of the person talking to you was. And they said, I really miss the Walter Cronkites. There are no more Walter Cronkites of the world. Mm -hmm. Well, I, in 2000, probably 2002 also, Walter Cronkite came to speak at our university. Now this is after, this may have been 2003. Uh, This is after the September 11th, after the the Iraq war had started, and this guy just gave a speech on how evil... It was like, replace the name Donald Trump with George W. Bush. Oh, I kid you right. not. I thought, this is going to be great. Walter Cronkite speaking at my school. You know, I don't know him that well because I wasn't alive when he was a major deal, but everybody talks about him like he's the king. So I'm going to go see him speak. He just gave a speech for maybe an hour about the evils of George W. Bush. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And this has been running these institutions for years. So even if you couldn't quite tell what he was, he was a liberal all the way through. He was dyed and dyed in the wool liberal for sure and was not hiding it at all and was expecting every single person in that audience to agree with him wholeheartedly. That's so funny. He fooled a lot using him as an example. It would almost like be using Dan Rather today as an example. Yeah, like you can do that. Right. Uh, knowing what he believes. Uh, so who would be the right example for news then? Like who would? Uh, I don't know. I Because I thought he would be the one. Ed uh, Morrow, the Morrow. Who's the, who do they have the awards named after? Oh, the Morrow Awards. Morrow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know I what you're Edward R. Name. Morrow. Edward R. Yeah, Ed. Call him Ed like run a first name basis. Oh, Ed, we go back. Edward R. Martin. Yeah. So possibly him. I don't know. Someone more modern that you can look at as someone that's fair. Uh, how about Tom Brokaw? Um, Is he okay? I, I don't know. I, I would love to say yes, but I just don't know. I mean, a lot of people, it's, it's, it's the people who've hosted debates recently in the last 10 years that people try to point to and go, oh, like Lester Holt or Chris, <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name who's now Wallace. on CNN, Chris Wallace. Uh, I don't yeah. know whether you actually would believe that those people are unbiased, but they try to present themselves that way. Right. I, I find that very fascinating. 3.4% of journalists in the media identify as Republicans, only 3.4%. And I think that's very telling. And also it explains a lot of why you see the coverage you see today. Not that there has to be a political affiliation posted on everyone, but what I'm saying is it also means that there's no counterweight into the decisions that go on behind the scenes, no diversity of thought. And that's why I think you see major topics that are hit over and over and over again when some really big ones are ignored or discounted automatically because it goes against their affiliation or their their mindset or their bias. Uh, when we come back, 
Ryan Wiggins, you said you got a couple of stories to bring up. Is I that got, right? I got that a few things. Yeah. Uh, stuff awesome. that uh, maybe a little off the radar. Stuff, actually, a couple of them that have broken while we've been talking here in the last Ooh, hour. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's cover some of those coming up after the break. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This is the Annie Fry Show. Follow Annie on Twitter at Annie Fry Show. And welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. And it feels like a Friday, but it really isn't. But it does for Ryan Wiggins, who's off until the new year. Lucky you. Oh, lucky me, except that everybody else except for Leah has been gone for longer than me. So, Oh, okay. Um, see, I have this week off for my regular job, but I use it to fill in to pay for the gifts for the kids because you know what? We spoiled those lousy little brats. Oh, that's <laughs> that's what shame. it should be. I hate to hear that. Uh, so uh, you said there's some stories that broke while we were on air? Yeah, a couple things that have popped up just on the feed while I've while we've been talking in the last roughly half hour or so. Uh, one of them from The Guardian here, multiple news outlets reporting that uh, a Georgia congressional map has been decided on, and this was a, a map that was drawn favorably to Republicans, although not entirely. Um, a federal judge in Georgia today upheld a Republican-drawn congressional map, rejecting arguments from voting rights groups that Dem- and Democrats that the latest district lines illegally diluted the voting power of minority residents near Atlanta. Hmm. So that's going to maintain a 9-to-5 advantage in the House. That's an advantage. I don't think that that's 
a huge advantage or anything. I don't think that's like a, you know, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't sound as tilted as I thought it was going to be. But this does play well for Republicans in 24 trying to keep uh, the U.S. House. So that's one news story. Mm-hmm. Another, Ryan Recker, is that the U.S. Supreme Court has officially been asked to take up Trump's 14th Amendment issue regarding being on the ballot in Colorado. Right. So this, I think uh, Hans mentioned that earlier during his interview, and they just want to get that ahead of them. Hey, we have to put that petition out there because we want this to be solidified. We don't want there to be any uncertainty. And you saw states like Michigan that said, no, he's going to be on the ballot. All right. We're not taking these objections and ruling him out. We have a pretty liberal uh, governor, liberal uh, attorney general. We have a liberal also uh, secretary of state. And some of these other, Jocelyn Benson is her name, made national news when she put an editorial out that basically said, it's not my role to take anyone off. It's, It's the role of the courts if anyone shouldn't be involved, legally speaking. And I thought that was the right approach. Colorado takes the exact opposite approach. They said, no, we're going to be actively trying to campaign against this guy and we want him out of here. Um, let me, I, I didn't know what the right argument was for that, but it seems like their hatred for Donald Trump goes beyond the legal system and it goes beyond what a normal human would normally do when they hate someone. I almost feel like this rises to the point where it's almost criminal in a way that they are abusing the system to try to take a political opponent off of the ballot. I feel like this may rise to a criminal nature in the way that they're operating. Honestly, there should be at least fines available for them to try for what they're attempting. Yeah, it's really bad. And it's not just with Donald Trump off the ballot. That one's a marquee issue. Um, but you're seeing this, you know, the misuse of uh, prosecutors across the country, whether they be national uh, Jack Smith, for instance, or whether they be local. We had Kim Gardner doing this to people locally here in St. Louis for a long time, and she was so bad that she was removed from office. So this has been, I, I mean, there there are consequences to people doing this. It's just in the moment you go, are these people going to succeed? And if they do, that is a travesty because we, we can't really come back from that. Yeah, Kim Gardner is still being investigated from what I understand. So her resigning didn't end the investigation into her. And I believe she was more – the nicest thing you can say about Kim Gardner was that she was um, inept. Like she was basically a terrible at her job. The worst thing you can say is that she was corrupt and she acted uh, in a way that was meant to defy the law as a prosecutor. And that – I think can be proven. <laughs> I think that's what they're going to find the more they investigate into her. She yeah. was just not terrible at her job. She was actually criminal. Um, she was terrible, wasn't she? I mean, absolutely the worst. That, that'll go really down as cool. probably one of the worst politicians of all time. Yeah, and it, it really is. I I know that that liberals hate when conservatives talk about the boogeyman behind the curtain and George Soros. Oh, you always talk about George Soros, but that guy really is funding so much of America's decline on purpose. That's his whole purpose is to basically usher in people that won't prosecute crime and he can buy these races for very, very little. And he has, and he's been tremendously successful at it. What's up with these photos on Twitter? It's George Soros with a bunch of beefcakes on the beach. Did you see that one that was no, circulating that. around? It was like, I don't okay, visit those they kinds were of websites, Ryan. 
he's an, it was on Twitter and he is an old dude. <laughs> so George Soros needed some help because he wanted to enjoy time on the beach, you know, like most people just. So they had these basically bodybuilding beefcakes out there, like escorting him arm in arm to help him go and put his toe in the water. And they're like, this is such a weird thing to look at. <laughs> it's so strange. There was someone to take that photo and then someone posted it and then someone shared it. And then all of a sudden I saw it. <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily George Soros posing on the beach with bodybuilders. It was that he was trying to swim and he needed protection. I don't know how much he got in the water. Essentially, okay. you know, they're all shirtless, you know, in their basic speedos. And he goes out there and he's like, come on, boys, help me get that toe in the water. And they went out there and helped him. Um, <laughs> Did he kill such a strange thing. Did he build sandcastles? I, at his age, I don't think it's a good idea for him to bend over. He'll break something and he, he wouldn't be able to recover it's, unless he's wearing his life alert. Uh, but he, he did have a lot of help around him, so that probably yeah, helped. I want to get as rich as Soros just so I can get rich enough that I can go to the beach, maybe put my feet in, but then I wouldn't have to build a sandcastle. I can just point and say, I want a castle right there, and I want it to look like this. I want to be rich enough to tell somebody how to build my yeah. sandcastle. So basically the Got Junk commercials where they point and the trash disappears, you want the opposite. You want to point and things are built for you yes. on your behalf. Yeah, and I want them to be livable. I, you know, I don't want to just have a little kid one that like a crab's going to walk into. I want to have one that I can walk into. What is this? Three bedroom? Get this out of my sight. Yeah. You, know, you want to be so rich you can complain. There's not the, even a grand ballroom. <laughs> this not sand even a grand castle. The sand castle. This has really gotten oh, off you. track. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted to bring up a couple of these other stories that are, are again, fall through the tr- cr- cracks kind of stories here. Uh, on January 1st, Ryan Recker. 22 states are raising the minimum wage. Did you know that? Yes. You did. Mm -hmm. Um, Among them are states that you might be familiar with. Illinois is one of them. The minimum wage wage will rise to $14 an hour in Mm -hmm. Illinois. In California, it's going to rise to $16 an hour. Although I did pull another story here somewhere, if I can find it, about how Colorado, sorry, Colorado, uh, California is having trouble now with their fast food industry because mm-hmm. they've, you know, the, the push for 15. Remember, the couple, it was just a couple years ago. It was the yeah. fight for 15. Everybody right. was wanting $15 minimum wage. And that was the start. That was, I mean, that's, that's we're that's past the starting that. point they wanted. Yeah, th- this is already way past that in uh, California, for instance, because they are now talking about trying to get, and I don't know whether they've passed a bill that already is there, and maybe it's not going to pass, or if there's a fight over it right now. $22 an hour for fast food in workers in California. McDonald's is I coming out and going, I think we might move out of California. Yeah, no kidding. it's that intent. $22 an hour minimum wage for fast food workers. Number one, California hates you, McDonald's, because, you know, you serve beef and that is bad for the environment. And on top of that, they believe you don't pay your people enough. So I I don't know why anyone would live in a place where they literally hate you and they're unfriendly to businesses. And then the living wage by itself is just so expensive. You look at your paycheck and see how much is going out in taxes and you wonder, what am I getting for that? But most places, like even here, anywhere you look, you look at the window of Taco Bell, they're offering 15 bucks an hour. Like every, That's like without having the minimum wage actually legally put up to 15, these places that typically serve you minimum wage employees are now paying them 15 bucks an hour. 
which is like three times as much as the minimum wage when I was growing up in the 90s, you know, in high school. I think the minimum wage was 525. That's a great point is that you can right now drive around wherever you are and find somebody hiring, whether it's a Taco Bell or a fast food restaurant. Uh, I've seen even recently gas stations offering, I think it was 20 something. It might have been 21, 22 dollars an hour starting wage a Bucky's <laughs> I, I don't know like, I remember who where pilot. it was but it was right around here and I thought my gosh that's that's a really good wage for a starting wage especially <clears throat> you know a lot of those gas stations and that's that's the whole thing is about just letting the market do it is that if the market needs you that badly they're going to pay mm-hmm. you they're going to find yeah. a way to pay you for that work and if they can't afford you then they don't need to be open like that, you know what the, I think that's the market. It's the way it works. You know what I think is really going to break things open next year is the federal removal of non-compete clauses. Are you familiar what's happening on I've that? I've heard. Front? I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of how it works. So essentially, they brought the idea up this year, and it was up for vote next year. And all signs are going to point that federally speaking, non-compete clauses are going to be null and void. So this is what I think. I think anyone that in radio is one of those industries, too, that's very common. It's normally used to prevent you from working for a competitor. So with that out of place, which means anyone can leave a job at any time without the threat of a former employee uh, fire or like taking you to court for working for a competitor with that burden gone. I think that's going to enable a lot of people to better themselves, number one. And I think it's going to really help companies wake up and realize you got to start paying people better if you want to keep good people because you can't hide behind this non-compete anymore. So I think that's going to be a big game changer next year. Yeah, that's a strange one, isn't it? Because the libertarian view would be government stay out of this. This is private companies trying to do whatever they do. However, this is the government encouraging competition, which is you know, kind of a traditional government role as far as breaking up monopolies and stuff. So it's it's a it's a dicey issue. And you're right. It could really benefit. I mean, you talk about a lot of the things that the government does to try to benefit employees. So many of them are just more paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> they like trying to fill out a, a time card every week and you know exactly how long you worked. And everybody does, and everybody's fine with it, but you still got to fill out the time card so that you're punching the government box to do it, you know, like for salaried employees. It's ridiculous, but these are things that the government does to try to act like they're helping you, and in fact, they're just causing you more bureaucracy. This one, though, you're right, Wrecker, it could actually tilt the scale in the favor of workers because these non-competes are becoming more and more common in industries that they had never been existing in before. Right. And that's yeah. the concern is that you're like, well, why should you sign a non-compete to go work any job when the whole point is that I'll stay here if the job's good, I'll leave if it's not. Right. I think that's going to give a lot of people the option of mobility to go do something else. I think that'll give other companies opportunities if they want to treat the people better, then they have no repercussion to leave and they don't have to worry about the threat of a lawsuit. And, you know, I I think that's going to really help the job situation in a lot of different ways, Um, mostly because they're not going to have to wait 
because it's such a weird thing if you have to only a certain amount of window opportunity to maybe go work somewhere else without getting sued. Now, if you don't have to wait for that, then it's the, you're able to hire the best person for the job. If you got the most money, you're able to hire that person. You're going to benefit if you're someone that ha- has a higher wage and willing to do that. So I, I think it gives good opportunities for people. It's very, very much employee-oriented benefit. I'm really looking forward to. I, I think it's going to help. I don't know. You know, in the end, who knows if that's going to help. But generally speaking, there's so many things that could be happening next year. These higher minimum wage things, I kind of scoff at and think, you know, the markets are correcting itself. No one's – you can't – a person in a, today's market looks at a $10 an hour job. They can find a $15 an hour at Taco Bell. That's no problem finding something higher than minimum wage. That's almost like a, a mute point in some ways. But, you know, some of these other things could be very helpful. Um, medical story. industries, things like that. Yeah. Got time for one more before we break here? Oh, yeah. Last one, and this one's kind of a goofy one. Uh, you're familiar with the song Summer of 69 by Brian Adams? Sure, of course. Okay, a little bit of a sensitive ears warning here. <laughs> uh, according to the Daily Mail, the song's co-writer, Jim Valance, 71 years old, has said that he's, he said, I don't pretend to speak for Brian, but the two of us wrote the song, and maybe he was thinking about something different when he was talking about the summer of 69. But what? I was thinking about that amazing summer when I turned 17. So they went and asked Brian Adams, or they looked up interviews with him, with Brian Adams. He confirms that maybe the song does have, as his intention when he originally wrote it, a double meaning. Ugh. Just to let you know. But there's you know the fight between the two songwriters. One of them saying it didn't. The other one, Brian Adams, his name's on the song. He says, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a there's a... There's a more nefarious meaning to that, the title of that song. Just, just are you saying that music has sexual meanings, undertones written into them? I didn't say that. I just said it could have a double meaning. I don't know what that double meaning would be. I've never heard any of these terms before, but that's what the article is suggesting. When it comes to music, a time when there was double meaning is so much more innocent than the music that's out there today, where they're just flat out will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just like explicitly <laughs> sing it for you exactly what they're going to do to that other person. And there's no such thing as double meaning. We're no, just going to tell you it's, directly. It's single meaning, and it is exactly what we told you what it was. And <laughs> we're, and we're going to show you in the music video in case you weren't aware of what the lyrics mean. Oh, yeah, we're going to show the dancing in the music video. And then you can ask someone in a very sophisticated way, what does that mean? And then they'll say, for broadcast purposes, oh, it means beep, 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 beep. And they have to bleep out every word they say after that because none of it is suitable for broadcast. Right, right. How would you like to be an editor of the that type of music? Like if you had to get it approved so it could air on radio stations and you're listening to this and you're like, you know, smoking in the studio thinking – I don't know how I'm going to make this work. <laughs> I don't know how I can do it. This is yeah. impossible. <laughs> I think the only way to make that work without beeps is that they reverse the word. Have you ever heard them do that? Where it'll be saying I, like, <laughs> I don't even know if that's legal. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Uh, because I think even that is good, findable. Just reversing it, I don't think is enough, honestly. I think that could be in violation. <laughs> Not that they would go through the effort of finding you for that, but I, I'm thinking in the pure meaning of the, the letter of the law. Um, you know, talking about FCC violations, um, there's a law that says you have to disclose when you're not live and you can't give the impression that you are live when you're not. So 
paid programming mostly. They make it sound like, oh, we're here in the studio and we're talking to so-and-so when it's actually like a pre-recorded paid thing. So some radio stations got busted for that because they they want to also avoid like recorded contesting, things like that, that when there's not actually someone there, it could get you in trouble. So I was listening to, um, what was it? A radio station that was airing Santa alerts on Christmas Eve. And they said, we're live from the North Pole. Here's your weather update. And I thought, oh, they can get fined for these Santa updates. That was the broadcaster in me thinking like, oh, Santa updates are not uh, allowed anymore on radio stations. Ryan, that would have been a great question for Brad Young. I know. I'll have to save it for him tomorrow. FCC violations yeah. for anyone that ran Santa updates. I hate to ruin it. Uh, but it was cold in the North Pole, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> they could have recorded that any time. All right. We have one more segment coming up on the Annie Fry Show. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk. Scared of pretty girls and starting conversations All my friends are turning green Yeah, the magician's assistant in their dream Oh, 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 and they come unstuck Baby, running down to the riptide Taking away to the dark side You're listening to The Annie Fry Show. Interact with Annie on Facebook. The Annie Fry Show. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for one more segment here. Oh, boy. Do you want to read those results or do you want to save those YouTube poll Entirely results? Entirely up to you. We usually do it right at the end of the show. but All right, let's, let's save them. Okay. I like food stories. Can I give a couple of food stories to you? Absolutely. There, there's a basketball star on the Nets. Mikael Bridges is his name. Uh, I don't follow the NBA, so I think it's Mikael Bridges. He's 27 years old, and he says for the past 10 years, he, he's had Chipotle every day for the past 10 years. Wow, Chipotle. I didn't know that, that was possible. On well, it is, and he's a superstar athlete. You remember Chad Johnson, who changed his name to Chad Ochocinco? Um, <laughs> he said he would eat McDonald's every day. I think that's what he was into. But when you're an athlete and you're working out and you're burning that many calories – like Michael Phelps, who could put down like, you know, I forgot how many calories he ate a day. Sometimes the most amount of calories you can get is from that junk at fast food. But he just does it because he likes it. Do <laughs> you think that you would just get tired of it after a while? But he says every day for 10 years, he never once got tired of it. I had a roommate that did that, but it was with Totino's Pizzas. That because is, it was the cheapest food? It was the cheapest food, and it was the only thing he liked. I think he would eat macaroni if he had to. But that's it. He would just eat Totino's pizzas. I really don't know what happened to him because he now lives in Kenya and he's a missionary. And I don't oh, wow. think there's a lot of access to Totino's pizzas there. You're saying that he goes to the grocery and he doesn't find frozen food sections at Totino's? Well, I haven't asked him specifically, so possibly, but I don't know. Yeah, I would also agree. I like their pizzas, but I'll tell you that I've only been able to eat them if I put extra toppings on it. And I don't mind it being a, a thin type of cheap pizza, but I got to put some mushrooms or something on there to make it work. I, I wonder what I could eat every day for 10 years, because I say this now, like if I had, I love Hungry Howie's pizza. I know they don't have them in St. Louis, but 
I would say, oh man, I can eat Hungry Howie's every day, but there's a certain point where I wouldn't be able to eat Hungry Howie's. I think every person gets through that, but him to do it for 10 years shows complete commitment to the brand, and he deserves an award for that. Agreed. I think that if I had to choose, I would choose 54th Street Bar and Grill because they have a huge menu, and you could eat different things every day. So you would pick something that would have variety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pizza, not necessarily variety. No. Between breadsticks and pizza, what else? Sometimes you can get a salad, I guess, if you really Wings, felt it. salad. Wings, okay. Yeah. Now you're starting to win me over again. I think we can work with this. Um, so he eats it every day, loves it every day. I can't, I think it's been five years since I've been a, to a Chipotle. It's been forever. It's not that they're bad or anything. It's just, I have, it's been forever since I've been there. Um there was another story, but this is kind of lame. Some of the things you shouldn't be ordering at restaurants, things that appall, you know, and you ever talk to someone that works in the food industry and they tell you, don't, you don't want to know how the meat is made in the back. Like they, they warn you right off the bat. There's some violations that go on in every restaurant you enjoy. So just don't worry about it because you're going to ruin all restaurants for you. Th- that concerns me a little. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't want to know. And in fact, the less I know about the way my food is made, especially at a fast food restaurant, the better. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, I had another story I was going to get to here about Canada in their health care. I may have to save that for tomorrow. Let's go through some of these poll results. I'm actually kind of curious about that. Okay. Uh, the poll, of course, for today, I just told you this in the time check, but it was which issue will motivate independent voters most in 2024 the choices and i want you guys to tell me which one you picked here the choices are the border and immigration the economy abortion and foreign issues wrecker we'll start with you and then we'll go to leah which one do you think um i'm gonna say the economy okay the economy leah which of those issues would you pick not for yourself but for independent voters what do you think will motivate them um I was thinking the economy, too, but uh, let's see. Just to be different, I'll say the border. <laughs> okay. Um, I also said the economy, and in fact, that was the top choice at 55%. I'm going to read a wow. couple of comments before I tell you the rest of the results, uh, but the majority of people think the economy will be the number one motivating factor for independent voters. Russell says, I voted abortion for the simple fact that the liberal media and Democrat Party will ram that down everyone's throats in the next 11 months and make that the main focus, not the border or economy. I think there's something to be said there. Doug says, regarding the poll, the top issue will be the candidate's personality because we are not a serious people. <laughs> so he chose option number five, which didn't exist, which is that the candidate's personality will determine it for independent voters. I think there's something to be said there, too. Uh, Lori on the YouTube live chat poll says either immigration or economy are the top two deals for people. If they would close the border, that would help out a lot as Biden told everyone to come from the beginning and nothing much has been done. I think is what she's saying. (laughs) And the last one here I'm going to pull up is from scooter. He says having a hard time comprehending how an improving economy can be portrayed as a negative. I'm thinking (laughs) abortion is the key issue. Now to be fair though, scooter, the poll did not say whether these issues are positive or negative. It just said, which one do you think will motivate voters, independent voters, the most in 2024? So I, he says abortion, well, but... I know what motivates AOC 
It's the border. So often people want to say, why are you talking about the border crisis? Or why aren't you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. This is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded, which by the way, is a white supremacist idea, <laughs> philosophy. It's so great. They got global warming in white supremacy in the same 30 seconds. Fantastic. <laughs> you really could just apply that to anything. Ask AOC what she thinks about any issue, and she could just cut and paste that answer for all of it. It's really wonderful. Oh, yeah, she can. Uh, so go ahead, ask a question to AOC, and I'll have an answer for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, AOC, um, what do you think about Bidenomics? Oh. Uh... Which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea, philosophy. Wow, AOC, that's a that's wow. a pretty strong answer for Bidenomics. Yeah, I kind of I threw a curveball there because I was asking about the current president, which she usually is not going to defame. Oh, I don't think she likes uh, Biden. I don't think uh, she does either, actually. Uh, to to yeah. cap off these results, though, uh, the economy was the number one issue that uh, people said would motivate independent voters in 2024. Number two, though, was the border slash immigration, 32%. I got to say, this is on the minds of a lot more people than we're giving it credit for because yeah. it is in your backyard now. Right. Um, you know, we're almost at the new year. Just a quick poll question for everyone here. Uh, Ryan Wiggins, do you stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve? Not by choice. <laughs> you do, I, reluctantly? May, maybe if we're doing something, but we usually do try not to i don't know i have no desire to leah do you stay up till midnight sure i mean if i go to a party or something i don't know i make a point of doing it you're still young enough to go to parties yeah Uh, i'm too old to be going out and doing things um i stopped staying up till midnight after i was married practically i mean like what's the point of staying up till midnight anymore when you got kids to put to bed and the only free time you have is after they go to bed why would you waste it watching the lousy countdown on television when you could be sleeping, which is so much more better than staying up till midnight any other day. Completely agree. All right. Enjoy your new year, Ryan Wiggins. I guess I'll talk to you in the new year. Absolutely. See you then. Leah, I'll be back again tomorrow. Looks like we'll get to hang out here. I'll try to find some Taylor Swift stuff for you in 97.1 FM Talk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.